0: The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. With me on the line now, we've got James Taylor, the Associate Editor of the Surf Coast Times. Good morning, James. How are you? Good morning, Mitchell. Well, you've been very lucky, if we can say that, in your job, because you've got to cover some incredible election contests over the years, and it seems like we're set for another federal contest that will be very, very interesting.
1: Well, that's right. It was interesting for all sorts of reasons, and none the least of which is that we don't know when the contests are going to actually be. I mean, I think there was, and, and, and you know how much I hate speculation, but there, yes. there was some speculation that... They, that that, uh, that Prime Minister Scott Morrison might might be bored with his with the budget and the co- and the COVID nineteen vaccination and, and, and decide to go uh, have a have a have an early election, but clearly um, that's not going so well. So so I guess that's not I guess that's not going to happen. But um, down here down here in Geelong and the Surf Coast and the and the changing borders of what was proposed to be Tucker, but we'll still stay as Karanga, but, um uh, The the Liberals have officially thrown their hat in the ring and, and decided that. Um, That's definitely Asher will be the person that they want uh, leading the charge for them. Down here in the seat, a uh, dad here and around here, I should say, in the in the seat
0: of Carangamunt. So it's not uncommon for someone who's a local councillor to decide to throw their hat into the ring in Carangamunt. Now, of course, Libby Coker was on Surf Coast Shire and ran for the Labor Party twice. Oh. So uh, Stephanie Asher is doing the same thing. A lot of uh, talk about whether or not she should have to resign from council. Can you do both jobs at once? I'm not sure. I mean, it would probably, if you wanted to be honest, it'd be better for the constituents if she resigned and let someone else be there full time. But I can certainly see why people don't do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, It's one of those situations where there's no hard and fast rules and Stephanie's certainly not breaking any rules Right now, by, by by being both a city graduate and councillor and the mayor, and also the nominated candidate of a of, of, a, of a political party that's going to be standing at the next election, which is probably going to be in 2022. But I just you can understand why some people might think it is a little bit confusing and might find it a little bit hard to tell the difference when Stephanie's wearing her mayoral hat and when Stephanie's wearing her Liberal candidate for Karangahape hat. So um, it will it'll be interesting to see um, when the first official when the first official sort of this is Stephanie being a Liberal candidate. Um, events if you like sort of event, event happening whenever that happens I don't know the next time Sarah has, comes out and, and announces anything perhaps and, and and Stephanie's there whether whether Stephanie's there in her capacity as the mayor or whether Stephanie's there uh, in her as a capacity as a liberal candidate for and whether we'll be able to whether we we will be able to tell the difference
0: amber one day we did a program down at the Torquay surf Museum and we had Libby Coker on the program twice uh, once she Ooh. came on as the uh, Anglesey Ward councillor and then she oh. went out and came back 30 minutes later to come on as the labor candidate for Corangamite. so who knows you may have to do that a couple of times with uh, Stephanie Asher.
1: yeah as long as, as long as as long as everyone's very clear that's everyone that's everyone also as everyone, Stephanie herself Liberal party and everyone, and and it's, you know, everyone else, as long as everyone's explicitly clear about when when Stephanie's doing what I think I think it should be fine and as I say it is it is still very early days and it's a it's, it's the unofficial start if you like of the um of the election campaign down here, with the, 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 the we're, we're all building to an election that we that we are going to have, we're not sure when, when, when we're going to have it. And the Liberals clearly clearly want to get, their, get, get get their ducks in a row if they've if they've got if they've locked down the, the pre-selection process already when the when the polls are the polls are nowhere in sight. I mean, obviously we could be we could all be blindsided tomorrow. Scott Morrison might, might might decide to make an idiot out of me and say, you know what, I'm feeling pretty good about this thing. Let's go for it and, mm. just, and just and just and just and just pull the lever tomorrow. But I, but that's likely um, well, I see yes, the most recent
0: news poll shows Anthony Albanese getting seventy-eight seats. Uh, so That's enough for him to form government. So maybe they'll wait a bit. I think. I think you're yeah, right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, like, uh, like election spills. You, when, you, when you have the numbers, you use them, and and, and and the prime minister probably doesn't think he has the numbers yet. Speaking of, speaking of numbers. I mean, why is it every time I go on holiday, the uh, leadership or the deputy leadership of the of the country is called into question? I, I had a bit of time off um, a, a a couple of weeks ago, which, which is why I wasn't on your program. Um, and Barnaby Joyce is suddenly back in as the, as the leader of the nation yes. and the deputy, and, a deputy and, and, and the deputy prime minister of the country. It's like, all right, that's that, that's a thing that happens.
0: They'll be getting very nervous when you go on holidays.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I mean, uh, um, it's just it's just one of those things that happened. It was very, I think I've mentioned this before. There was a fairly hilarious week. I was driving driving around Canberra. I was not quite in the in the ACT, and there was a very there was a not insignificant part of me that really wanted to divert and get in, and get. Into Parliament House to watch the um to watch the spill, which 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 saw Malcolm Turnbull depart and uh, Scott Morrison elevated into the into the uh, leadership of the nation. Um, but my access would have been limited at best, and I'm sure that anyone that would have been inclined to give me access might not might might not have been inclined to give me access yes. at that point. So, yes, I will perhaps, perhaps for the sakes of public disclosure, I just started announcing where my holidays are going to be, just so there's no surprises for anybody.
0: One of the things I found interesting about the Stephanie Asher media release, which came out uh, announcing her candidacy and her views, was it did yes. read a lot like a Sarah Henderson media release, and perhaps there's a bit of crossover there on the people working for it. I don't know what you thought, but also um, it seems like development has been identified as an issue that is something that annoys voters because uh, she's mentioned that she's very anti-development on the Bellarine. She wants the development to be in the northern and uh, other parts of Geelong. And Sarah Henderson yesterday when I asked her about it, the first thing she mentioned as well was development. And Stephanie Asher will be taking a strong stance on development. So they've obviously identified that that is what gets uh, voters interested.
1: Well, that's not terribly surprising given that that the city of Geelong had already identified anyway um, the uh, sort of Geelong's Geelong's west and Geelong's north and drawing great big circles um, around sort of the lovely banks area and sort of heading towards Lara as 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 the next growth areas uh, for for the municipality sort of and and drawing big and drawing great big circles around um, all all the towns. In, uh, down the ballot potential and saying, "Well, that's the town boundary and that's it." Um, so that's not that's not that's not that surprising you say that, and, and, I, and I'm also not that surprised that um, that uh, Stephanie Asher's media release sounds like a Sarah Henderson media release because it, you know, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest to see that there's, that there's some kind of Liberal Party style guide. That they, <laughs> so, so just for the sake of just for the sake of spelling and, and consistency and staying on message, which I think is which is probably going to be one of one of Stephanie's KPIs over the next little while. So like, the idea that you stay on message. Um, not everyone's, not everyone's Barnaby Joyce, not everyone has, the, not, not everyone has the authority to freelance, and, and, um, and Stephanie doesn't seem like the sort of person who's, who's going to freelance as a candidate. She doesn't, nothing that she's said so far that I've seen suggests that she's going to be wildly out of step with what the Liberals say and think and do about anything yet. Um, but we will, but we will watch and see what the next development, I guess, in this, in this, um, slowly very slowly forming campaign is
0: just reading the surf coast times and i see that you've done an article about uh, state boundaries so that's another point of yes. interest and um torquay particularly has been caught right in the middle because it looks like it's going to move into Polworth and uh, south Barwon will become basically an armstrong creek seat
1: yeah, pretty much. This is, uh, this, is what, this is what population growth would do to you. When you, when you build a, uh, a growth area that's, that's effectively the size of Shepparton, 50, 60, 50 to 60,000 people just to the south of Geelong, that's going to have consequences for your, for your outer limits. And so, and so there was always going to be a movement, and there's, and there's certainly going to be some, some wailing and gnashing of teeth. Um, to see uh, Torquay and Janjak and Belbray more closely aligned with the with the regional seat of Colac rather rather than the regional seat of um, of Geelong, but that's this seems to be what the um, the Electoral Boundaries Commission wants to do, um, and these boundaries will kick in as of the as of the fixed date for the twenty two twenty two state election. Which I think is which, which I think will be November of next correct year. last yep. Saturday in November. There you go. So uh, so that's a uh, that's that's well and truly that's well and truly dusted and um and um. And, um, and, and locked and, and really, and, um, and close, and close to happening. I think, I think there might be another round of consultation before it actually becomes totally official, but I can't see that unless there's a really strong, strong counter argument and a massive lobby effort from somebody, anybody, um, to sort of change that. That seems to be the way they're going. Because as you say, Armstrong Creek is enormous. And when you put, and when you put that many people into a seat, um, you have to sort of start carving parts out of it and moving, and moving those, moving those parts next door.
0: And in terms of just uh, looping back to Stephanie Asher, but from a local government perspective, if she has to yep. vacate her seat either before uh-huh. or after the election, um, we obviously go through the countback process, and you sure. followed that very closely with uh, Adrian uh-huh. Schoenfelder and James right. McIntyre. And I yep. see that uh, another newspaper has mm. said that it's likely that the Greens candidate would replace uh, Stephanie Asher, but I think they've uh, made the mistake perhaps of just looking at primary vote, whereas when I actually looked at Stephanie Asher's preferences, which is how it works it's on the um, outgoing candidates' preferences, uh, Elise exactly. Wilkinson and uh, Tom O'Connor have way more votes uh, than this. Um, the Greens candidate Corey Wolvington. So it's going to be fascinating because I know the Geelong Council. It's a very sort of tight balance uh, between the different sides, and you know, one person changing it could actually disrupt what we might call the balance of power.
1: Well, that's right. Yeah, this is this is the interesting thing about about and and and. and and by-elections, effectively, you you have to pretend that the that the person uh, uh, that the councillor who isn't in the seat anymore isn't there anymore, and so and so you have to redistribute all their preferences and just basically start again from the start. So preference flows becomes very important, which is why, and I'll say this again: this is why preferencing, no matter what polls you're doing in local, state, or federal, is very important. Please yes. don't donkey vote people. Please yes. take very so please take very important consideration of of who you're voting for and where, because. Yeah. You never know. A, one day, your local councillor, or your local state politician, or or your local federal politician might decide that that they don't want to be in the job anymore, or they or, or they might want a different job, and so the um and, and so the whole process has to start again, and so and so and so the person who you thought was the second best or the third best candidate for the position, if they if they if they're not already a councillor already, might actually get a, might actually get a crack at it.
0: So that's exactly right. And uh, we'll wait to see. But yeah, I wouldn't be uh, backing in uh, Corey Wolvington just yet. But uh, yeah, they seem to think that uh, he's likely to be elected. My money would be on either Tom O'Connor or Elise Wilkinson. But I know you don't like to speculate.
1: That's right, and I won't. But I'm sure both those people are are keeping themselves um, available just in case.
0: Um, What's happening down on the surf coast? I'm sure uh, when you get back from leave, you're just straight back into it now on the reporting circles again. What's making news? I'd imagine there'd be a bit of angst about this COVID situation, and now we've got some exposure sites again in Victoria and uh, new cases today. People would just be hoping that we're not somehow uh, on a trajectory for another lockdown.
1: Yeah, that's all in Melbourne, as I understand. I understand there's at least one... Um, apartment complex in Melbourne that's been entirely locked down. Just in case, I think I think it might have had. I think the figures overnight were were two cases locally and one case from overseas. Correct. Um, that sounds right. And so they've locked down the entire apartment complex just in case. Just in one of those in those. Well, the only way the only way well, the only way we're going to stop this is to sort of jump on this really hard from the start. Clearly, it's too late to do that. in New South Wales, which is why it's out of control, which is why, as I understand. Um, it was a it was a removalist company, I think that was in Sydney and then came down to Melbourne, um, and that's how and that's how COVID got back into Victoria. But hey, hopefully, hopefully we can hopefully every, everyone can limit the spread of that um, to exactly that, um, just at one apartment complex, and we can and we can get back to uh, triple zeros again. Well, um, I think I think today was going to be um, today was going to be thirteen days in a row without a uh, without a locally transmitted case. So, fortunately, that's not going to happen. So so we so we start the clock again. Um, but in other things that are happening, it's, um, it's clearly, it's a... Winter is a thing, and it's, it's cold and wet all over the place, but that means it's still footy season, and both uh, the Talkie Footy Club and the, Port, and the Port Arlington Football Club have held, um, have had have mid-winter mid- balls to sort of let their hairs down and, um, and have a bit of a celebration. And also, and also a chance to celebrate, given that none of this sort of stuff was happening last year. You know. And, and, and firstly, firstly, well, firstly, there was no football, and if there's no football, there's no reason to have, a, um, to have a, a, a social function for football. So good to see that. Plus, alongside that, we've got all the usual... The usual um, the photo, uh, uh, footy pics from our, our photo spread from the actions over the weekend. Um, and on the, on the, on, and on the environment front, and coming back to the question of planning and, of, um, the, um, are the good people at Skeg and Sane and Skeet and Talkier Landcare have uh, pulled in about 50 of their friends to help plant a whole bunch of trees in the Spring Creek Valley. So we've got some coverage of that as well.
0: Oh, that's very nice. Um, we had uh, the Deputy Mayor of the City of Greenwich Geelong, on just before, and it seems like tree vandalism is a bit of a concern. They're planting all these new trees, but they're putting uh, tree vandals on notice. And I just hope that people wouldn't go to Spring Creek and vandalise trees, but that's probably sort of a bit more remote and a bit harder to get in there. But um, great to see trees being planted.
1: Absolutely. And it just seems incredibly petty that if you see a tree planted, people's first reaction is for to, is to, is to some reason to pull it out of the ground. I mean, you can, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a kind of a base and a purely financial level, you'd understand the phenomenon of, of, of otway rot. People, people poisoning trees so that they die, and, and it improves their ocean views. But if you've planted 300 trees in a, around, a, a, around a reserve or something to sort of green up the place and give people some shade and improve the environment, and people's reaction is to come along and pull them all out of the ground because, I don't know, because it's fun, then... How small-minded is that?
0: Well, it says something, I think, from a psychological point of view, perhaps, about you know people that like to build things and create versus people that like to destruct and destroy.
1: Mm, as um, as as Michael Caine said in, in Batman begins some people just like to watch the world burn.
0: <laughs> well, something to leave us with. What's coming up in the paper this week?
1: Yeah, well, all of that stuff and uh, all, all that stuff and a whole lot more. We've had we've uh, speaking of Stephanie Ashley. We've had a. Uh, uh, our new reporter, Alison Martin, has had a, has had a decent chat with Stephanie, so, we'll, so, so you're really the forward to hearing a bit more about, about, about what she's going to do and how she's going to, and how she's going to approach the next, next few weeks and months on the election front.
0: Wow, that's mm-hmm. very exciting. Mm-hmm. That'll be a really good read. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for being on the program, and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Mitchell. James Taylor, the Associate Editor of the Surf Coast Times, and um, that'll be a good read uh, to see Stephanie Asher talking about her federal aspirations.